Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The Please Release Me, Let Me Go edition as Dave Lapham and Jeff Hobson join me on schedule release night in the NFL. We'll discuss the games we're looking forward to the most before breaking down the 2022 Bengals schedule week by week. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since the Clover Nook Open. In football, you have the Watt Brothers, JJ, TJ, and Derek. In baseball, you have the Molina Brothers, Yadier, Benji, and Jose, who all caught in the major leagues and won World Series rings. In Cincinnati, when it comes to golf, we have the Wetterick brothers. David was an All-American at Wittenberg University and is currently playing professionally. Matt played at Xavier and is now caddying for their younger brother Daniel, who played at Ohio State and made his PGA Tour debut at the age of 23 a couple of years ago. The Wetterick brothers grew up playing at Clovernook Country Club in North College Hill and are heavily involved in bringing a professional tournament to their home course. It's called the Clovernook Open, now in its fourth year, and it's geared toward young, up-and-coming pros. It was their way of bringing attention to a golf course that meant so much to them as they learned to play. I got to play in the Pro-Am this week, and it's a great event. You can learn more about it at clovernookopen.com. Now, let's get to the Bengal schedule. We already knew the who and where. Now, we know the when. Coming off a Super Bowl appearance, the Bengals get five primetime games, two at home, a Thursday night game against Miami in week four, and a Monday night game in the next-to-last week of the regular season against Buffalo. The three road games in primetime are Sunday night games at Baltimore and Pittsburgh and a Monday night game at Cleveland. In other words, all of their AFC North road games are at night. And three games that seemed like strong candidates to be played in primetime will instead start at 425 in the afternoon at Dallas in week two, home against Kansas City in early December, and at Tampa Bay a week before Christmas. I discussed all 17 games with my broadcast partner Dave Lapham and Bengals.com editor Jeff Butch Hobson. The schedule is finally out. It begins with a home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It ends with a home game against the Baltimore Ravens. It includes the NFL maximum five primetime games, plus three more that start in that largely watched 425 late Sunday afternoon window. Let's get some initial thoughts from you guys. Lap, why don't you go first? What stands out now that you've seen the schedule? Well, I guess to, to, uh, build on what you're talking about from a former player standpoint, um, you know, Sunday at one o'clock, not happening all that often, you know, they've only got that back-to-back one time, Sunday afternoon at one o'clock back-to-back October 16th and the 23rd when they played the Saints and the Falcons. That's the only time back-to-back Sunday early kicks. So that tells you that they are, you know, a national darling. There's no question about it. And, 
as from a player standpoint, you got to be accountable and, and, and responsible and reliable. You got to make the sacrifices necessary to train your body properly, proper rest, proper diet. You know, it's, it, you, you're going to have some long weeks. You're going to have some short weeks. There's going to be games going to be played different days, different times. They play on Thursday night. They play on Saturday, Christmas Eve day at one o'clock. That's another one. That's not a national game, but you know, Christmas Eve on a Saturday is a, is a little different dynamic. And, uh, you know, then, then you're going to have Sunday at one o'clock, Sunday at four 30, Sunday night, Monday night. I mean, you got six different times where, where you're going to be having to prepare yourself, uh, accordingly long week, short week. And, and right now I'll guarantee you that Zach Terrell and the coaching staff are already putting together. How can we keep these guys fresh? Where are we going to find some time to let them get their legs back on a short week and, um, what are we going to do when we have the long week? Will we give them a day off? Will we, uh, can we afford not to give them the entire day off? All that stuff's being discussed now to uh, work your way and grind your way through a season that is going to be very, very interesting in terms of uh, not, not just who you play, but w- where and when you play. Butch, how about you? What stands out now that you've had a look at the schedule? I was struck by how similar the cadence is from last year. Uh, that home opener, first time they ever opened a season with the Steelers, which is interesting in itself. Mm. Uh, they've done everything else with Pittsburgh, throw in an opener now. And then same thing, home opener, two games on the road, come back for a, the, the you got to love that Thursday night home game. You got to have that Thursday night home game because I don't know if a road team has ever won a Thursday night game. They have, but it doesn't happen very often. But it's the same thing as last year. That's the way that's the way it was last year. The bye, they had the bye same week that they had last year. And, you know, the only difference is instead of closing on the road, they close at home against Baltimore. But it's the same same thinking as last year. You got you got the you, you got to get out fast in that first part of the season because the second half of the season is a gauntlet. The last four games is Brady, Belichick, Josh Allen, and Lamai Jackson. You know, buckle up your helmet. But of course, they're saying, "Gee, we got Burrow, Chase, and Higgins." So, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, very uh, very intriguing. Uh, those uh, those those five uh, those those five primetime games that uh, conjures up uh, memories of that 1990 season when they played, uh, I think, three primetime games in the month of November. Uh, in the month of October, they played three primetime games in like 22 days. And they don't, uh, they don't have a stretch like that. But I think Lap made a great point. You know, the time is different almost every week. All right. A few things stand out to me. Number one, no three-game homestands, no three-game road trips. The right. NFL tries to avoid having teams having to, to go on the road three straight weeks. The Bengals don't have to do that this year, so that's a good thing. As Butch mentioned, this is the first time ever they will open the season against Pittsburgh. Well, it is certainly not the first time ever they will close the season against Baltimore. What is it about the NFL saying year after year after year, we are going to end the season with a Bengals-Baltimore game? It's been uh, divisional games for the last 13 years now, so you'd think it would be fairly even Bengals-Steelers, Bengals-Browns, Bengals-Ravens. Well, it's not. This will be the ninth time in 13 years they've ended the season against Baltimore. During that stretch, they've ended against Pittsburgh twice, Cleveland twice, again, Baltimore nine times. So uh, certainly nothing unusual about that. As for the bye, as uh, Jeff mentioned, it comes 
uh, in week 10, just like last year, I needed it to be in week 11 because the <laughs> basketball team is playing in the Maui Invitational the following week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of Thanksgiving week. Had the bye fallen one week later, I would have easily been able to make it to Maui. Now that uh, seems highly unlikely after a Sunday night game against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, the day before the first game in Maui for the Bearcats. So, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint, that uh, was mildly disappointing. But in any case, uh, there are certainly a lot of intriguing games on this schedule. We knew that was the case just from the matchups. But uh, now that we see when they're going to be played and what time of day they're going to be played, we've got a lot to look forward to this year. You know, the thing, uh, the thing that's interesting, all three of the division, all, all three of the uh, division road games are nationally televised. Every single division road game hits national TV. And you think, wow, you didn't put the Kansas City Chiefs or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on that nationally televised. It's on the piggyback before 25 p.m., which, you know, get a lot of eyeballs. But, you know, I, I can see why they did that, because, you know, if you've got you've got Mahomes and you've got Brady, you don't necessarily want to have Burrow against them and burn a matchup where, you know, two great teams going against each other, you, you try to try to move them around. You know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, you know, there's going to be a ton of eyeballs at 425. Why burn a nationally televised one, a matchup of, of, of the marquee guys and do it twice, you know, with Mahomes on a, on a nationally televised game and Brady on a nationally televised game. Now you're burning up all the quarterbacks that people want to eyeball you know, and, and spread it out a little bit. So I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. And how about, uh, you know, early in the, early in the schedule, four of their first six games were on the road, four of their last six games were at home. So I think that, you know, and, and like Butch was talking about the gauntlet, you know, at the end, uh, December 4th, Patrick Mahomes, then Deshaun Watson, then the GOAT, uh, and then Mac Jones, who, you know, basically took his team to the playoffs in his rookie year and he went to the Pro Bowl. Then Allen, then Jackson. I mean, wow. I, I think, I think uh, the, 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 the league wants to see if the Bengals are for real down the stretch. They're going to have to handle the road in the early part of the season. And hopefully home field advantage will be a factor down the stretch as they're trying to, you know, close out and maybe hopefully win the division. All right, let's get to some of our favorite games on the schedule. I'll let you go first on this, Butch. Which home game excites you the most? I think I'm going to go with that rematch with uh, with Kansas City on December 4th. It's in the 425 window. And, uh, you talked to Mike North, too, the uh, the VP for broadcasting in the NFL. And, you know, he made a point. I, I wasn't too surprised to see this game at 425 because he said that 1 o'clock game last year with uh, – Borrow and Mahomes, that is usually draws 15, maybe if they're lucky, 20% of a regional market. That game actually hits something like 60% being at one o'clock. So God knows what it will draw at 425 in the first week of December. And uh, that's going to be a great one, man. The first, you know, the two games last year were, were you know, you know, an instant classic. So uh, really looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing that one this trip. Lap, how about you? The home game that uh, excites you the most? Well, I'd have to say that uh, the January 2nd game, Buffalo Bills, Monday night football, you know, it's like, are they going to be in it? Uh, and, and if they are, like we're talking about, the, the stretch games there, Kansas City, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, the Patriots, the Bills, the Ravens, my goodness. But that, that, uh, that game could be massive. Uh, and what, what a matchup of quarterbacks and, 
it, it, it's going to a lot of implications there potentially. And then the following game, um, you got the Ravens, and it could be the shortest of short weeks. They're saying it could be either Saturday the seventh or Sunday the eighth. If you play Monday night, and the NFL makes them play Saturday. That's the shortest of short weeks, man. I I just don't see the NFL doing that. I I would hope that the Bengals would play the Ravens on the eighth and not the seventh. But that game, the last game against the Ravens, is to be determined when. And uh, they know where, but when and, and where is it going to be televised? That could be another national game potentially. And we're talking about, you know, games that might be flexed, uh, you know, from week five to week 15. You just you just don't know how the whole thing's going to going to lay out. But I think to have a, a game like that, uh, that to, you know, you, you, you close out with two home games and, and the Bills and the Ravens are the opponent. Wow, that's big. Lab, I might be wrong about this, but I think they're exempt from possibly playing on Saturday in the final week because they play on Monday. I, I think the NFL schedule lists, you know, that you could possibly have to play Saturday or Sunday since they've added some Saturday games. But I think, and again, I'm not positive, but I think that you're exempt from Saturday if you play that last Monday. That would make sense. I mean, all they do is, you know, try to bend over backwards not to give competitive advantages to uh, to an opponent. And I can't think of a bigger one than, you know, making a team uh, Saturday night, uh, Monday night to a Saturday afternoon, particularly if it's the early kick on Saturday. I mean, man, you're looking for any any as many hours you can get for recovery. Uh, but it, would, it, would, it wouldn't be a shocker if that Ravens game. That one could be for all the marbles as well. You know, I mean, that, that could that could get some serious national TV time. So the game, the home game I'm looking forward to the most is the same one you mentioned, Lap, that Buffalo Monday night game next to last game of the regular season. I grew up a Bills fan. That's going to be an incredible atmosphere at Paul Brown Stadium. The weather could be brutal, uh, but the Bills won't be phased by that. So uh, that should be great theater. Uh, but I will also throw in the opener. How cool is it going to be to see the Steelers come to town with a new quarterback. We don't know which one it's going to be Trubisky or possibly the rookie Kenny Pickett, but uh, the Bengals fans will be going bananas celebrating a team that went to the Super Bowl the year before against the dreaded, hated, but grudgingly respected Pittsburgh Steelers one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon at Paul Brown stadium. Weather should be awesome uh, on uh, September 11th. So uh, that's a, a home game that I am definitely looking forward to, to kick off the 2022 season. Let's turn to the road games. Lap, you go first. Which road game are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to that game down in Tampa Bay, you know, December 18th. The GOAT. You kidding me? Tom Brady. <laughs> they got the guy who has Super Bowl rings. Uh, he's working on his second hand of Super Bowl rings. It's, it's, it's just incredible. So you'll you find out, you know, what, if, you're a, if you're real or if you're an imposter when you go down to Tampa Bay on, on December 18th, and that's going to be a piggyback game uh, with CBS down there. Uh, so I, I, th I think that game is going to be going to be very interesting. And the, the thing is, if you're, you're in the month of December, and if you've been experiencing some, you know, some seasonably cold weather, then you have to go down to Tampa and all of a sudden it's a, it's a, it's a big change. You know, you can't, uh, you can't diminish that. I, I've, I've experienced it. It is a factor. You can't let it get in your head. But that's a that's a factor as well. And you just, you know, you just prepare and proceed accordingly as best you possibly can. But the weather's not going to be the issue. The issue will be, will the Bengals be able to uh, to handle, you know, what Tom Brady and company is going to going to put out there on the football field? And 
you know that they're going to be basically on the cusp of a playoff clinching you know scenario and hopefully the Bengals will be in that situation as well I think that game has all the all the earmarkings of being a classic Butch your road game of choice well I think from a personal standpoint I I, I like the de- December 24 game in New England it's a it's a long time since I spent a Christmas Eve in New England but I think from a football standpoint, uh, that October 16 game in New Orleans is just kind of an intriguing because you've got uh, Burrow and Chase uh, coming back, uh, coming back to the to the state and the city they took by storm, you know. And uh, I just think that I think just think the atmosphere there is is going to be great. I'm going to say Week Five Sunday Night Football in Baltimore. The Ravens will be frothing at the mouth. After what Joe Burrow did to them last year, 416 passing yards in one game, 525 in the next. The Bengals won those two games last year against the Ravens by a combined score of 82 to 38. Uh, Things were a little bit frosty at the end of the game, it seemed, last year between Harbaugh and Zach Taylor. So uh, Sunday night football where the Bengals historically have not fared well, unfortunately. A big one in week five at Baltimore. All right, let's quickly run down the schedule and just give a quick thought or two about each of the games. So we start in week one, a home game against the Steelers, one o'clock on CBS at Paul Brown Stadium. As I mentioned, this is the start of the, the post-Ben Roethlisberger era for the Steelers after uh, 18 years with Big Ben, basically the quarterback for most of those games. Now it's going to be either Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Lap, you have mentioned a few times that you are higher than most on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, in, in my opinion, I would think that he probably have first shot at it. You know, I think it's his job to lose as such, although I certainly wouldn't uh, say that he cemented the position by any stretch of the imagination. But that's the thing that's going to be very interesting to me. Neither one of those guys will have taken a regular season snap with the Pittsburgh Steelers teammates. You know, so it's like you're catching them as early as you possibly can. They have zero regular season experience in the Steelers' offensive schematic that they're going to they're be installing and uh, forming relationships with their teammates. So that one's going to be the interesting one to me. And I would think that uh, Lou Anarumo, with his creative packages and his positionless players and the way he can line guys up here, there, and everywhere, so beware, might be a big challenge for either one of those quarterbacks, uh, particularly with the unfamiliarity of the scheme and teammates. I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch. Butch, do you have a thought on week one against Pittsburgh? I mean, I think Lap's exactly right. Bengals got a huge break. Catch Mike Tomlin early. Get Mike Tomlin early. I, I, I'm i sold on Tomlin now after the last couple of years. He won games with Duck Hodges. He's a hell of a coach. Catch him early. Big break for the Bengals, I think, there. You know, it's kind of interesting. The Steelers are, according to Vegas, uh, Going into the season, projected to finish last in the AFC North. The quarterback situation is a big part of that. I think a lot of folks forget Pittsburgh was the other team in the division that made the playoffs last year. Yep. They went 9-7-1. and one. They were a half game behind the Bengals. Now they got wiped out in the, in the playoffs by Kansas City. But uh, Butch's reference to Mike Tomlin is an indication of how much respect we all have for that guy. And... It'll be interesting to see if they are better than the odds makers think. They beefed up the offensive line a little bit in the offseason. They got James Daniels. They got Mason Cole. They've added Miles Jack to the defense. 
I don't know if Kenny Pickett is going to be a great NFL quarterback or not. I would not expect him to start in week one, but I, I, I do have the feeling that maybe a big chunk of the country is uh, down more on the Steelers than I am. All right, let's move to week two. Never trust NFL schedule leaks on Twitter, because if you did, you would have been convinced that the Bengals were playing on Thanksgiving at 425 against the Cowboys. That's been all over the internet this week. It did not turn out to be the case. A 425 road game, Jerry World in week two against the Cowboys. Butch, what catches your eye about that matchup? It's it's Dak versus Dax if uh, Dax Hill gets in the lineup. But uh, kind of on the same uh, vein that uh, Lap was talking about, I think Dallas has kind of remade their offensive line a little bit. They got some problems up front. I think it's uh, I think it's good for the Bengals uh, to catch them early too, because uh, I think they've uh, they've uh, shuffled some things there and kind of emphasized and uh, they've they've lost some guys there. So. Uh, with the Bengals uh, front four coming back strong, kind of like that matchup early. Lab? Yeah, as a, as a former lineman, the guy that catches my eye down in Dallas is Parsons, man. That you talk about a positionless player. You talk about a guy that, man, every single time you come to the line of scrimmage, everybody in the offensive line has to identify where the hell is Micah Parsons. Because this guy can do it all and can do it all exceptionally well. So... In, in my book, uh, you know, Zach and Callahan and all the offensive coaches uh, kind of put together a game plan to make sure that that, that that son of a gun is accounted for. I think he's a spectacular player. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, just watching him. He's, he's like a lot of the great ones. He sees it before it happens. His ability to diagnose, no wasted motion to get there. He's got his doctorate in football geometry, takes perfect angles. He's a player, man. 425 on CBS in week two. That's got Nance and Romo written all over it. Cowboys, yep. of course, excellent team last year, 12 and five before losing at home in the playoffs to the 49ers. When you think of the great offensive teams in the NFL, who comes to mind? Kansas City, the Rams, the Bucks. Well, the Cowboys led the league in scoring last year. They led the league in, in yards. Last year, Dak Prescott threw 37 touchdown passes last year. So Lou Anarumo and company will be tested in the first road game of the year. Week two in Dallas. Week three, another road game, a return to New Jersey to take on the Jets. Without question, the Bengals' most disappointing performance last year when they lost to Mike White. Threw for 400-plus yards and three touchdowns and a 34-31 to win. But, you know, that's one of those games – lap as uh, you look at the schedule and try to project all right which one should they win which one should they lose you got to beat a team that went four and 13 last year on the road absolutely and uh you get a chance to make restitution for a dinosaur egg not just an egg a dinosaur. <laughs> the biggest egg you can find uh, you know just take care of the football play play smart football um don't don't underestimate the opponent whatsoever the C.J. Uzama factor, obviously, um, the, the coaching staff is already sitting him down to uh, pick his brain on what, you know, make him spew everything he knows about the Cincinnati Bengals offense and the coach's philosophical um, mindset to things, how Joe Burrow might think. I mean, the defensive coaches have him, you know, just basically uh, given dissertations to them about, about what the Bengals do on the offensive side of the football. So the C.J. Uzama factor 
not only on the football field, but off the football field in terms of preparation and, and, and all of that, you know, you can say some of it is, uh, ah, that's, that's like over-exaggerated. It's true. I mean, you can look at tape and, and find things, but CJ Uzama is a guy that, uh, is a very, very intelligent man, very, very intelligent football player. And he can give them insights into the actual person, you know, not just, not just videotape, he, the actual person and what is what how he thinks through things and um it, it that stuff that stuff can can have an impact sometimes so uh i, I think that's going to be interesting as well anything intrigue you about the jets on the road in week three butch yeah just another example of i think they got to break it getting the team like that early because they're going through a lot of changes that's going to be a completely remade team and you got to feel like that's going to get them a you know it's going to take them at least the first half of the season to get, uh, you know, to get into sync. So got some great young players though. Had a great draft, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, I guess we'll probably might see Carl Lawson versus Jonah Williams. Hope, hope, hope Carl is healthy. And that would be certainly uh, certainly a matchup uh, to watch. Uh, Carl's a strong guy and uh, hasn't played in a year, but yeah, it's uh, I'm glad we got them early too. Cause those guys, you know, they may take off here late. Lawson versus Williams is an interesting matchup to potentially keep an eye on in that game. Sauce Gardner versus Jamar Chase could be an interesting matchup in that week three game. The Jets haven't been to the playoffs for 11 years. We don't really know yet what to think of Zach Wilson. He wasn't very good as a rookie. Nine touchdown passes, 11 picks. So we'll see if the Bengals can fare better when they go on the road to face the Jets this year than they did a year ago. Week four, the Bengals back home. It's Thursday night football. As Butch mentioned earlier, second year in a row, they get a Thursday night home game in week four. Last year, they beat Jacksonville. This year, it's another Florida team. The Dolphins come to town for an Amazon Prime matchup. Al Michaels... And Kirk Herbstreet behind the mic, the Bengals and Dolphins at Paul Brown Stadium on a Thursday night in week four. What do you think, Butch? Got to win that one, right? The home team always wins that game most of the time, right? I know the stats are stunning. And uh, although I think the quarterback, the quarterback intrigues me for the Dolphins, too, is an interesting, an interesting man, does a lot of different things. But, uh, you know, I, I think you've got to, uh, that's one you got, I guess that's one when you're looking. That's when you put in the wind column, right? Because of the hall being at home on Thursday. What do you think, Lap? I think the uh, the Miami Dolphins increased their team speed, trading for Tyreek Hill. They had Waddle. So you get these, you know, Olympic sprinters at wide receiver. And then the Bengals draft uh, four three eights and four three six in the back end. So now you've got, you know, some pretty good sprinters in the back end as well. This one may be a track meet, but instead of a baton, they're handing off, you know, they're working with the football. These guys are gonna, there's going to be speed all over the football field. The Dolphins are going to try to attack you with their team speed, and the Bengals uh, beefed up their defensive team speed. And the guys will be flying all over the football field for this one. It's not going to be Dolphins uh, swimming in the water. It's going to be, <laughs> I don't know, the, the fastest bird flying in the air. That's for sure, man. A couple of things. Number one, you want to face rookie quarterbacks early in the season. Number two, you want to face new coaches early in the season. And that'll be the case. Mike McDaniel takes over in Miami. Bengals get to face him in week four. You know, the Dolphins finished with a winning record last year. They missed the playoffs. They went nine and eight, but that came after a one and seven start. They finished eight and one. So this is a team that 
probably, you know, built some momentum, the, the core of that roster coming back from an eight and one finish. Now they went eight and one against mostly lousy opponents. They beat the jets twice. They beat tech, the Texans, they beat the Panthers, they beat the giants. So they kind of beat up on some patsies, but uh, as lap mentioned, it's a team with tremendous team speed. If Tua Tungavailoa is the starting quarterback. We'll see how much better he's getting. They did go out and sign Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, we'll see how that shapes up in week four on a Thursday night against the Miami Dolphins. The next week, another primetime game, Sunday night football in Baltimore. I mentioned it earlier, the Ravens determined to get some revenge after getting smoked twice, giving up 41 points in each game against the Bengals last year. What do you think about that week five matchup lap? Yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be blood in the eye. And everybody knows uh, Harbaugh loves to defend his home turf. They don't lose a whole lot of games in Baltimore. We're talking about a NBC Sunday night football matchup uh, in Baltimore against a, you know, a division opponent who kind of embarrassed them a couple of times last year. And, and they, they were, they were a, a shell of themselves. They were beaten to death with injury. Um, but Luana Rumo, I think, honestly, really started to get a lot of credit for uh, the diversity of his schematics and the diversity of his players executing the schematics, working against Lamar Jackson and the way he could run the football and the five-man front that they, uh, that they utilized and having Sam Hubbard back there as, as linebacker um, spying some, Logan Wilson spying some. I mean, just the, the, the diversity of, of what, uh, what the Bengals have done against the Ravens, I think, is going to be an interesting thing to watch. What's the next step? And like we talked about, there's an infusion of team speed, you know, on the back end. Um, so who's going to be playing where and doing what? And he may not have to substitute a whole lot to give to give uh, Lamar Jackson a lot of different things to look at and think about. It's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. Butch, what do you have on week five in Baltimore? I'm looking at, I guess Linderbaum is going to be their starting center. You know, there was a lot of talk about, was he big enough? Well, I thought a guy that really uh, dominated for the Bengals in the postseason, DJ Reader. I don't know how often he'll be on Linderbaum, but uh, you know they've got Linder, uh, they've got Reader, they've got Tupau, they've got Shelver, they've got some big people, uh, and it's going to be interesting. I think the one drawback on Linderbaum that people were talking about in the draft was his size. Well, let's uh, to me that's a that's a, that's an interesting matchup right there. The uh, maybe the Bengals can assert that that defensive line it's been such a strength for them and the thing that stands out to me is that we will see the ravens again because by the end of the last year that was not the baltimore ravens 17 or 19 guys rather end of the year on injured reserve including lamar jackson uh they lost their last six games last year they'll be back to being an excellent team vegas expects them to be and i do too so uh We'll see if the Bengals can go on the road on a Sunday night. I think the Bengals are one in 12 all time on Sunday night football on NBC. They got to play a couple of Sunday night games this year. So we'll see if they can uh, get a victory in the first one in week five, the next week, another road game. It's the return of burrow and chase and Collins to the state of Louisiana as the Bengals take on the saints in the Superdome. But you mentioned that is one of the road games you are most looking forward to. Yeah, I just I, I think uh, New Orleans looks like they're really searching. You know, they're trying to trying to piece together, trying to piece together that team, and that looks like uh, that looks like a meaty one for the Bengals. Uh, you know, that's going to be uh, to me that's a tough matchup for New Orleans offensively against the Bengals. 
defense. So uh, that's that's one uh, I think they'll be playing. I think that'll be an emotional game. I think for guys for for guys like Jason Burrow. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be amped up, and uh, you know that's one they got to win. Lap. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you know this is the type of football game that uh, you 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 just don't do anything stupid. You know, just to take care of the football. Don't don't give the New Orleans Saints any additional opportunities or any any chances, particularly early. Let them build some momentum, and you always have to uh, factor in Bourbon Street. You know, I mean, it's there there's sacrifices that have to be made during the course of the year as you're as you're taking care of your body and getting proper rest and all that. You know, the Bourbon Street allure is is always a always a big deal, particularly the guys that have never been there before. You know, and and, and fine, yeah, go take a look at it and all that. But don't don't partake too much. You know. Uh, don't uh, don't don't do anything stupid that may cost you uh, an opportunity to perform at your highest level uh, against, against the New Orleans Saints. You don't want to you don't want to put yourself in that type of precarious situation. So uh, be smart down there in New Orleans before the game and uh, and show up on game day ready to compete at the highest level you possibly can and and and, and play a sound smart football game. That goes for broadcasters and uh, website editors as well. Watch yourself the night before in New Orleans. New coach for the Saints this year, Dennis Allen takes over after uh, Sean Payton was there for 16 years. Jameis Winston back from injury. The Saints were 5-2 and two in the games he started last year. 14 touchdown passes, 3 interceptions. Assuming Jameis Winston is healthy, he'll be the man in that game. If he's not, keep in mind, the backup quarterback for the Saints these days is a redheaded dude that we are familiar with, the Red Rifle. Andy Dalton, who knows? Maybe he's in there in week six for the Saints. Week seven, the Bengals are back home, one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon against the team that went seven and 10 last year, the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan is gone after being their quarterback for 14 years. Right now, the starter is expected to be Marcus Mariota, but who knows? By week seven, maybe Desmond Ritter has taken over as the starter in Atlanta. What do you think of that matchup, Lap? Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, interesting. Like I said before, this is the only time the Bengals have back-to-back 1 p.m. Sunday kickoffs uh, on the schedule. And they're playing two teams in the same division, one at home, one on the road. Uh, and and it, I think it is going to be interesting. I think the quarterback position is going to be a big, uh, big part of the story for the Atlanta Falcons. And the thing is, I don't think the offense will change all that much. I think they're very similar and what they bring to the table at the quarterback position, same type of build, same type of athletic ability, uh, same type of foot speed, throw the ball similarly. It's, it's not like you have to change your offense totally to make a move uh, from, from Mariota, you know? And uh, so I, I think, I think that's, a, that's, that's something to, to consider as well. I, and, you know, what will they be doing at the quarterback position? The, the one thing that uh, that you almost I, I would hope for, I guess, if I'm uh, Lou Anarumo, maybe, OK, both will play, you know, and, and split split time. And now all of a sudden guys are looking over each other's shoulder. And I don't know. I, I, I don't think they're I don't think that the Atlanta Falcons are going to fall into that trap. I think they're going to play a guy. And then if he proves that not worthy, the other guy will get his opportunity. And I would not be shocked if it's Ritter really wouldn't surprise me, um, you know, particularly with his. Uh, with his background, University of Cincinnati, uh, loved in the, in, the, in the community, and the Falcons are on the road in Cincinnati. You know, who, who knows? It may be, I'm not saying that it would be his first start, and that, that's the biggest reason it would be his first start, 
but it wouldn't surprise me if he's playing a lot of quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons at that point in time. What do you think, Butch? I just, uh, Falcons always seem to be looking for a pass rusher. They never seem able to get any heat at a quarterback, you know? So I think, I mean, I think he broke could have a big day at home against them. I mean, he could be, that could be seven on seven stuff. Vegas expects the Texans to be the worst team in the NFL this year. The over-under for wins for the Texans is four and a half. Vegas has the Falcons as the second worst team in the NFL going into the season, projected to win just five games. So, like I said, that could be a factor in, in potentially moving Des Ritter into the starting lineup that early by week seven. That would certainly be an interesting one to watch, uh, particularly if that's, you know, conceivably his first NFL start who knows based on how things go to that point uh, for the Atlanta Falcons but uh, that is a home game in week seven in week eight it's another prime time game the Bengals head to Cleveland Monday night football first time they'll be in a Monday night game with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman in the booth they take on the Cleveland Browns and I've got to think by week eight there's probably a pretty strong chance that Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback for the Browns. We don't know if he's looking at a suspension this year, next year, how many games it's going to be, but it just feels to me like week eight this year, he's playing quarterback for Cleveland. What do you think, Lap? I think you're right, Dan. It'll be a question of how many games will he have under his belt? Will he have been suspended for four games, six games? A lot of people are thinking, well, potentially an eight-game suspension. Well, ESPN doesn't think so. I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see how many games he will have under his belt uh, because he hasn't played for a while, obviously. And he's with, uh, he's with new teammates um, schematic that, you know, is, is a little bit different, but I'm sure they're going to accentuate his talents. But the fact is uh, he's, he's a, he's just an incredible athlete. So I think, I think the Cleveland Browns are basically going to say, all right, here's what we know Deshaun Watson does well. And they're going to, they're going to scheme their offense around his talents, not the other way around, obviously. Uh, and that's that's going to be very, very interesting. But I mean, you look at that group, he's got two great running backs. He's got a hell of an offensive line. You know, he's got weapons to throw to that uh, that offensive football team with Deshaun Watson at the quarterback position uh, could be a pretty darn good one. And I mean, th this division, honestly, I, I and, you know, I, there's a good chance that the division beats each other up. All right, Butch, your thoughts yeah, I, on a road game in Cleveland on Monday Night Football on Halloween night. Well, besides it being the great Kerry Hobson's birthday, a big a big fan of the Hoarded Lapper podcast, uh, you know, you know, it's going to be Watson's first start. Come on, you know, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he made his first start against the Bengals. His first That's NFL correct. start was it Paul, and he broke their hat with a third down scramble at the end of the first half, went coast to coast, broke their hat in I think the second game of 2017. So uh, no doubt in my mind, that's the, that, that's the game he's coming back. And, uh, and like Lapp said, he's, he's going to be rusty. So that's, that's a break for the Bengals. But uh, no matter how many games he's played at that point. But that's just uh, the, that Cleveland club has been an Achilles heel uh, for this team. You know, they run the ball great and they play really good defense. You know, now, granted, I think we've had the, the Bengals have had shootouts with them. But they've just been it's just been a tough matchup for whatever reason. It's been a tough matchup for that. So I think Burrow uh, Burrow's looking for his first win over Cleveland, and I uh, uh, that should be uh, that's going to be a tight that's 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 going to be a tight one. It's uh, brings back memories of the uh, of the icky shuffle game in 1990 on a on a Monday night when I think 
Al Michaels dubbed him the Ixter, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Browns looking to bounce back from a losing season. They were eight and nine a year ago after ending their 18 year playoff drought the previous season and winning a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We all know that Deshaun Watson is better than Baker Mayfield. That goes without saying, but how much better can Deshaun Watson play against the Bengals than Baker Mayfield did? Right. Probably not much better because for whatever reason, Baker Mayfield was at its very best when he matched up against Cincinnati six and one against the Bengals, a passer rating of 113.8. So yes, Baker Mayfield against the rest of the NFL was highly inconsistent. Some good games, a lot bad, but against the Cincinnati Bengals with one exception, he played really, really well. So bring on the Deshaun Watson era. <laughs> if it, it was begins- all run for some reason, he was home run Baker against the Bengals and Baker, you know, Baker Bob against everybody else. Pretty much. Pretty much. So if that is indeed Deshaun Watson's first start in a Cleveland uniform, uh, we'll be interested to see if he can play as well as Baker Mayfield, for whatever reason, played against the Bengals. We move to week nine, the final game before the bye. The Bengals have a home game at one o'clock against the Carolina Panthers team that only won five games last year. Sam Darnold goes into the season as the starting quarterback. They did draft Matt Corral in the third round. Sam Darnold, 54 touchdown passes, 52 picks in his NFL career. This could be the last season for him to prove that he is worthy of being a regular starting quarterback in the NFL. But you go first on that matchup week nine against Carolina. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about Carolina. They kind of been a team that has been a little bit dry to script yeah, in, in, in the last couple of years. But uh, just looking at it, uh, you know, the one time the Bengals faced Arnold, they uh, they beat him up pretty good uh, at Paul Brown. Uh, I think it was Zach Taylor's uh, first win, I think, as coach. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, you, you got to just look at it. You know, you got to win that game at home, no matter who the quarterback is. You know, you got to beat you got to beat Sam Donald at home. And certainly you would have to beat a rookie quarterback at home. So, you know, I think that uh, – I think that, you know, I know Carolina plays pretty good defense, you know, but uh, I think like laps, I think it's one of these games like laps said about uh, where they play the Saints. You got to, you got to just take care of the ball. Don't do anything crazy. The Panthers only uh, projected to win six by Vegas. You on board with that as being a, one of those games you can't let, uh, let slip through your fingers lap. Absolutely. You know, you look at the month of October at Baltimore on October 9th is tough. NBC Sunday night football game that, you know, that's a, that's going to be a tough matchup. you down, you play at the saints. Then you come home, you play against the Falcons. And then you go to Cleveland, another nationally televised game. The division games are going to be tough. They're, they're nationally televised, but the saints, the Falcons and the Panthers, two of those three at home, you got to win them. I mean, that's the bottom line, you know, here and that it, and you go into the bye week having, maybe you know not performed well against the Carolina Panthers or the Atlanta Falcons or both two out of the last three weeks before the bye week that's a long bye week that bye week can't uh can't be short enough I mean it's like so you 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 basically you got to take care of business you know you gotta don't don't do anything uh don't do anything stupid don't don't make uh mistakes that make life easier for the Carolina Panthers and give them a you know Like this, this might be the week. This might be the game. You got to, got to eliminate that right away. Big story for the Panthers to me this year will be 
do they get Christian McCaffrey back? Because he's yeah. been hurt most of the last two years. When he last played a full season in 2019, he had a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. So he's one of the best players in the in the league when healthy, but he hasn't been for two years. Have we reached the point where all those touches uh, will never allow him to come back and play 17 games? Uh, I guess maybe we'll start finding out this year, but certainly a game that uh, a defending Super Bowl champ will expect to win a home game against the team that won five games the year before the bye comes in week 10 the Bengals return to action on the Sunday night the week before Thanksgiving on the road in Pittsburgh historically the Steelers have been a great primetime team particularly on Monday night football I don't think they've been quite as dominant on Sunday night football uh, but the last time these two teams met in primetime it was the Ryan Finley game or the, uh, the Von Bell Juju Smith Schuster game the Bengals pulling off that big upset at home a couple of years ago and uh, now they'll try to get a primetime road win in Pittsburgh on November 20th. Road games at night in Pittsburgh lap. Always an insane atmosphere. Always. You know, you got the terrible towels being waved and tossed around and a lot of expletives coming from the stands. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's always a great, uh, great environment. I, I, will, I will always remember stretching in the end zone uh, before a Pittsburgh Steeler game and giving a full can of Iron City light beer, striking me right above the right buttocks. <laughs> it was the hardest hit I took in the game. I mean, I think I, think I, almost, I, think I damaged the kidney or something. I mean, it, it came from the upper deck. It was unbelievable. And that, that plate, they, that environment it is, is crazy. And um, then, like we talked about, the Steelers open up against the Bengals and what will be happening at the quarterback position. Well, here after the bye week, they open up on the road for the second half of the season, basically against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they start the first half of the season at home against the Steelers. And then the second half of the season with the bye being almost in the middle is close to the middle as you can get in an odd number of games in the, in the season. Um, you, you, you see, okay, well, what happened uh, in the opener and how far has each team advanced as uh, have both teams gotten better? Have, have they gotten worse in, in certain situations? What's going on with these football teams? Be interesting time to uh, take a barometric reading of uh, of both of these football teams. All I know is um, in the trenches. It, this is about the time where the Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defensive front poses challenges, and this is about the time where the offensive line, uh, newly put together offensive line, should be in some kind of sync and rhythm. And I think it's going to be timely. Because you go to Pittsburgh and then you go to Tennessee, where they give up nine sacks in the playoff game the following, you know, the following week here in Tennessee. So you better hope the offensive line is uh, is starting to, you know, really become play as one, five guys play as one with that uh, with the new components that are going to be there, considering the three free agents that were signed and the the, the rookie that was drafted this year and the, the three rookies that were drafted last year. Butch, as we know, the Bengals did not fare well for the most part against the Steelers during the Roethlisberger era, but they swept them last year. Combined score in those two games, 65 to 20. Could this mark the turn where the Bengals have a, a long stretch of success against Pittsburgh? This will be the second meeting of the year after the opener at home, that uh, night road game on November 20th. Yeah, I think it's you can kind of sense a shift in this thing, but uh, you know, uh, and Lap knows this well. I mean, 
even when one team's down and one team's up in the series, it's still a great game no matter what. I mean, some bad Bengals teams gave some very good Steelers team all they could handle back in the 70s. Lap was in those games. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a shift, especially with the change in quarterback. But, you know, weird things happen down there. You know, uh, they uh, I remember in 95, Jeff Blake threw three balls in the air for three touchdowns to stun them in a night game. And that's the game when they cleared out the locker room. The Steelers had a players only. They went on and they made the Super Bowl that year, springboarding off the Bengals game. Kevin Huber, the punter, got his jaw broken down there. And it always weird things seem to happen. You know, it's interesting. The uh, That's uh, the first game out of the bye. I thought the key game all last season, I thought the biggest game of the year was the first game out of the bye when they went on the road and won in Vegas, beating a tough contender. That set, to me, that set the tone for the second half of the year. Now they're going to have an opportunity, I think, to do that uh, down in Pittsburgh right out of the bye. Yeah, they kind of righted the ship in that game uh, in Las Vegas last year coming out of the bye. So another tough one coming out of the bye in Pittsburgh Sunday night football this year. As Lap mentioned, the next week, another road game against the team they beat on the road in the playoffs last year. The number one seed in the playoffs last year, Tennessee, 12 and five in the regular season. But the Bengals beat them 1916 on the 52 yard field goal by Evan McPherson at the gun. Tennessee lost A.J. Brown. Uh, but they do have the core of that defense that, as Lap mentioned, sacked Joe Burrow nine times. What stands out about uh, the, the trip to Nashville, Butch? You're probably going to see the real Derrick Henry. I'm not sure they saw the real Derrick Henry in the uh, playoffs. Still played great, though. I mean, to me, that was the uh, that was the keynote game for that Bengals defense was how they shut down that running game. And they'll have to be up to the task again because there's no secrets. Vrabel's, there's no secrets what Vrabel's going to do. He's going to try to pound you to submission, and it's going to be a, a game of physicality, and it's going to, and it's going to come down to mistakes. And, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens at quarterback there. But uh, no no mysteries there, Horty. Uh, you know, going to have to stop the kid. One week later, another rematch against the team the Bengals beat in the playoffs last year, the team they defeated in the AFC Championship game, Kansas City. That's a home game, December 4th, a 425 game on CBS. So, that game is not in prime time, but in that big late afternoon window on CBS. It's a Chiefs team that's lost a lot. Tyreek Hill is gone. Tyron Matthew is gone. Melvin Ingram is gone. They've added Juju Smith-Schuster. The Chiefs won 11 of their last 13 games last year, lap, including the playoffs. The two losses, both to Cincinnati, both featuring great Bengals comebacks. To me, honestly... I just when I when I look back on that football game in the second half when the Bengals and, uh, defense and Lou Anarumo coordinated defense held the Chiefs like 50 yards offense, I just kept saying to myself, when are they going to run the football? You know, they just they never never tried to run the football, and and they just said, you know, Andy Reid said it's in your hands. You know, we got Patrick Mahomes. It's in your hands, Patrick Mahomes, and he was he was bamboozled, man. He was totally. He was totally confused. He didn't know what he was seeing and how he was seeing it. And uh, it, it was, it was incredible to watch that, uh, to watch that happen. And, and, and that is amazing. As, as, as great as that football team was and, and handled people all over the league, the Bengals are the team that gave them their two defeats and, and, and the manner in so doing was, uh, was pretty remarkable as well. So, yeah, I mean, every member of uh, the Kansas city chiefs organization from ownership 
to uh, <laughs> and the longest base, longest tenured season ticket holder. They all have blood in their eye over over the losses to the Bengals. There's no doubt. It's that's going to be a big grudge match game. Butch, can the Bengals beat Patrick Mahomes three consecutive times? Can any team beat Patrick Mahomes three consecutive times? Boy, I tell you, they're in the right building to do it, though. I mean, they're uh, uh, when the when the Bengals are playing good defense with a big crowd. You know, they they uh, uh, it's just a tough place to play. You know, I think it's uh, uh, that was proven in the in the wild card game. It was proven down the stretch in the in that first Kansas City game. And I think back to the you know to those great defenses in 2011 to 2013 when they took down a lot of great quarterbacks. They took down Brady. They took down Ben. You know, they took down uh, Flacco, you know, uh, Matt, Matty Ryan. I mean, so, you know, this is a, this is a tough building on quarterbacks when the defense is uh, ready to go, you know. And the crowd should be outstanding for that rematch against the Chiefs on December 4th. Let's just hope the Bengals do not fall into a big hole again. They rallied from 21 to 7 at home and won last year. They rallied from 21 to 3 in the playoffs and won last year. I don't think they can be two or three touchdowns behind again and uh, come back and beat Kansas City. The Bengals uh, have a home game against the Browns the week after that on December 11th. We talked at length about Deshaun Watson, he's certainly going to be playing uh, by week 14. Uh, so let's move to the next game. Week before Christmas, December 18th, Sunday at Tampa, 425 in the afternoon on CBS, 45-year-old by then, Tom Brady, against Joe Burrow in all likelihood, unless they play in the Super Bowl, the one and only time they will go head-to-head. -head. Joe Burrow just shy of his fourth birthday when Tom Brady played in his first NFL game. And certainly that is going to be a game that I think a lot of us will remember lap. I just hope that Joseph Osai is ready to come off the edge. Like he did in that preseason game down there in Tampa against Tom Brady in the first quarter. I hope he's ready to uh, supplement the Bengals efforts off the edge as they uh, head down to Tampa Bay again for that 425 piggyback doubleheader game. And yeah, what, what you got to, you got to, you got to just be at the top of your game. I mean, Tom Brady obviously is, uh, is, is one of a kind. There's, they broke the mold after, uh, after, you know, making Tom Brady and he's just, he, every way that you can be perfect from a, a makeup standpoint, personality, um, mindset, work ethic, all of that. I mean, he's every, every intangible, He's a mega, mega high grade on, and the football team, the or the entire organization feeds off of him. Uh, so it, you know, that's that's obviously you're 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 looking at a playoff test. You're looking at uh, okay, we we played we played the Steelers, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns. You kidding me? The Buccaneers. Here we are. We talked about it. The second half of the season is where the rubber meets the road. You know, and this this uh, this road game. Is, is a beast is a beast. There's no question about it. And they have a new head coach as well. He'll be well into the season um, as, as a, as a head coach, he's got prior experience. He's got experience in that organization. Everybody, everybody seems to love the guy. It's going to be a heck of a battle for the Bengals to pull out a victory down there in Tampa Bay. There's no doubt. Todd Bowles, the new head coach, not successful in his tenure with the Jets, 24 and 40 as the Jets head coach, but he is highly right. regarded as a person and as a defensive coordinator. Uh, December 18th, Butch, what do you think? Bengals, Burrow, and Brady. 
19 years difference, right? Between those guys. That's a that's a that's a nice gap. I don't think I've ever covered a game like that. I also just noticed here, Cordy, that uh, this uh, the dates match up with the 2005 and 2011 seasons, both playoff seasons for the Bengals. So uh, if that falls to script, uh, they'll be this 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 game on the road against Brady will mean uh, could be a make or break as far as uh, you know making a making the playoffs. Um, but I think to me that the thing that stands out to me is uh, think about Burrow and Brady and all the comparisons, you know, I mean, nobody wants to say he's an ex-Tom Brady, but uh, if you talk to some of these guys, you know, you talk to guys like Karras and Kappa who played with, who played with uh, Brady in, uh, in, uh, in their other lifetimes before they came to the Bengals, I think they see the same kind of uh, cool, cool uh, swagger. And, uh, you know, it's just a class. It's just one of those classic games, you know, uh, the next new thing against, uh, you know, a hall of fame bust. Three games remain, including the Jeff Hobson special Christmas <laughs> Eve in new England against the Patriots. Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. The NFL has decided to have a triple header on Christmas day, but the Bengals do not play in one of those games. Instead, one o'clock Christmas Eve in Foxborough against Belichick. The Bengals have lost their last seven games in Foxborough lap. And a lot of, a lot of bad memories uh, there. You know, the, the uh, one of the losses was uh, the game that uh, started the Bengals started off six and zero and go to Fox one and, and lose the, lose the football game. And, and uh, Stanley Wilson has, uh, has a little bit of an issue after that. Uh, actually didn't have it after that game, but I remember riding on the bus with him after that game. And I was worried about him and he, Basically, you know, after a loss, I said, you're going to be okay. And, and he said that he's not, he's, you know, he's definitely fighting the demons. And it, it, it was sad to see, sad to see the guy well up and tear up and everything that went along with it. That's, that's a vivid memory I have of a new England Patriot game, uh, you know, a bitter defeat. And then just uh, on a bus ride back to the airport to fly back to Cincinnati to see Stanley Wilson saying that, uh, it's the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning, think about it all day long. Last thing I think about when I go to bed at night, I mean, I just can't imagine, uh, imagine that kind of, that kind of a situation, but at any rate, yeah, this, this football team, they, they're, the Patriots are sound, you know, but, but you, you look at it and, and it's been talked about all off season. Who's, who's going to call plays? Who's coordinating the offense? Who's calling the plays? Is it, uh, is it double B? Is it Bill Belichick? Is it, is it a combination? Who, who's who's calling it? What's what's going on with the young quarterback? The young quarterback lost his mentor to a head coaching position, uh, Josh McDaniel, uh, with the with the Raiders. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Patriots and this is they'll have gone through probably a couple of uh, different renditions of themselves at this stage of the season. You know, you're talking about week uh, week 16 here. Uh, that's Belichick. He he doesn't have the same game plan from week to week. The New England Patriots in, in week 16 are going to be so different than the New England Patriots of the first eight weeks of the season. It's going to be crazy. This will be year 23 for Bill Belichick with the Patriots, Butch. They won 10 games a year ago with a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, although they lost four of their last five, including a 30-point playoff loss to the Buffalo Bills. Nonetheless, when you go to New England on Christmas Eve, you know it's going to be very difficult to get out of there with a win. Yeah, Santa's not going to be waiting there. It's uh, <laughs> hate to play Belichick late at home. 
that's a that's a tough uh, that's a tough number. And uh, but you know, I think what it's to me is going to shape up. I I think it's going to be an AFC North game. You know, I think it's going to be knowing Belichick. He'll you know he'll try to uh, he'll try to take out that. Uh, I always think back to that uh, great that 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 first Super Bowl that the Patriots won and how they froze uh, you know the greatest show on turf. You know, and slow it, and they slowed it down, and they get physical. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bill pull something like that out on Burrow, especially in a cold weather game. But I think the Bengals are up to it. I think the the thing about the Bengals is I think they can also play physical. I think they can respond to a game like that. And I think what with what Pollock has done on the offensive line, the guys that he's added, um, uh, like a former Patriot Ted Karras, um, I think I think they can respond to a game like that, and we're like that. All right, we move to week 17. According to Vegas, two teams are projected to win 11 and a half games this year. The Bengals face one of them in week 15, Tampa Bay. They face the other one in week 17 at home, Buffalo. Monday night football, Paul Brown Stadium, January 2nd. Von Miller has been added to that uh, outstanding Buffalo roster. Josh Allen, obviously one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. What jumps out about Monday Night Football in Week 17, a Butch? Well, hey, I just like I said, the this schedule mirrors last year. It has the same cadence. It's January 2nd. is a year to the day that they uh, won their game against the Chiefs and won the AFC North. And now here you go. Instead of Mahomes, you get Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, a year to the day. And it's, uh, you know, it's the first time. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's the second time Zach's played Allen. Uh, almost beat him up in Buffalo. First time, you know, that Burrow gets his shot, but it's 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 amazing how it kind of mirrors mirrors that schedule from last year. A, a huge AFC uh, game, and uh, probably it's going to be the same thing. If they, you know, it's a, there's a good shot if the Bengals win it, they win something. The Bills coming off a 13 win season lap, and of course, 13 is a, a key number in Buffalo since they kicked off with 13 seconds to go in the playoffs at Kansas City with the lead and did not beat the Chiefs. Yeah, and that, that's the stunning part of it to me, Dan, is the Buffalo Bills all year long, one of the best defensive football teams, number one in a lot of categories, a lot of major categories in the National Football League. And man, they couldn't even come close to solving the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that, that was the stunning thing to me because that Buffalo Bills defensive football team was a big part of the story of the success of that year. And, and to, to me, that's uh, like you mentioned, Von Miller added to the mix with what they've uh, what they've got defensively. You know, obviously with with Allen, they, they're explosive. They can they can do a lot of things. I mean, he's he's a premier player in the National Football League. But Bengals offense, they better dot their I's, cross their T's, you know, beyond their game, because if the Buffalo Bills defense shows up and plays the way they're capable, they're snootful. No question. All right, let's wrap this uh, week-by-week look at the schedule up with Week 18, 17th game of the year, a home game against Baltimore. As I mentioned earlier, this is par for the course. Ninth time in 13 years that the Bengals have wrapped up against the Ravens in the regular season. Most of those games at Paul Brown Stadium, seventh time in the last 13 years, the final game of the regular year has been at home against Baltimore. Should be a lot at stake, Lap. Should be, and it'll be interesting to see if the Baltimore Ravens, you know, avoid the injury hex. I mean, you know, like you said, uh, 19 guys, including Lamar Jackson on injury reserve. I mean, it, it didn't even, it, it was an imposter. 
it wasn't the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, it was, it was not even their B squad, not even their JV. I mean, it was, uh, it was, they were, they were in, in, in tough shape. You got to figure that the football gods are going to be kinder to the Baltimore Ravens. You don't think that they're going to go through two seasons like that. And that's going to be the key to the Bengals season and every good team season is not losing players, uh, a good, you know, a significant number of players that you are counting on to make significant contributions to your football team. I mean, that's, that's the biggest key to success in any season. So if the Ravens come in healthy, it'll be, it'll be a barn burner, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're offensively so, uh, so capable of running the football in, in many different ways. I and mean, that, that offense is so unique. Uh, that defense is, is big where you need to be big and athletic where you need to be athletic. I mean, it's, it's a well put together football team and it could be for the division uh, crown very likely that that, that football game on, on uh, the week 18, January 8th, I'm hoping that uh, on that Sunday will determine the AFC North. Vegas agrees. Vegas has the Bengals listed as a, a 10 win team in the over under and Baltimore, just a half game back at nine and a half. As we mentioned earlier, Butch starts with Pittsburgh ends with Baltimore, both at home. Yeah. The Ravens scare me. I mean, they always scare me. I mean, I, I, what I'm interested in to see is how do they play defense now that Tom Wink Martindale isn't there. That'll be interesting. But uh, you know, if Baltimore scares us, think about what uh, scares the Bengals. What do you think the, Harbaugh and the Ravens think about the Bengals. Look at, look at how, how much heartbreak uh, Cincinnati has brought to the Ravens down through the years. It's pretty even. It's pretty even, Steven. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, that's, that's uh, somebody's, uh, what's the song there? Uh, uh, the Eagles sing, there's going to be a heartache tonight. Going to be a heartache tonight. Heartache tonight, I know. There's definitely going to be, somebody will be singing that after that one very good joe burrow with uh, 941 passing yards in two games against baltimore last year all right we're going to wrap this up with just one more topic it does not have to do with the schedule it has to do with the rookie camp beginning tomorrow we can watch practice tomorrow this is uh, we're taping this on thursday so we're talking about friday rookies will be in town the draft picks uh, undrafted free agents those names should be officially announced shortly anybody in particular or anything in particular you are looking forward to uh, seeing butch why don't you go first yeah i'm just looking for that i just want to see these guys run you know we've been writing about how fast they are i just want to you know it's going to be hot and steamy uh, you might you know might get a breeze might get some breeze there watching <laughs> watching practice I, i'm interested in that and also it's some of the some of the cfas they got they got coming in i i know there's uh uh, the uh, I kind of interest the one, the one CFA I really want to see is the Mississippi uh, defensive tackle defensive end uh, Tisdale. Uh, they've been scouts have been raving about him. That uh, was hurt much of his college career, but uh, yeah, uh, I'd like to get a look at him and uh, and and the speed these speed guys. You want some help on the first name of Tisdale, Butch? I I I, I, I have no shot. I can't <laughs> even spell it. Never mind pronounce. Tyricus. <laughs> Tyricus. Tisdale, 6'5", 285, 35-inch arms, 4'6", speed. He's a specimen. Uh, yeah. He is one of the guys I'm looking forward to seeing as well. How about you, Lap? Yeah, I think I, I'm with you guys. Um, the the size-speed ratio of a lot of these guys is stunning, you know? I mean, you got you got edge rushers uh, that run 4'7". 
You've got uh, defensive ends that can kick outside that run sub five flat forties. You've got defensive backs running sub four, four, you know, four, three, eights, four, three, six. I mean, the, the, the team speed that they uh, the speed that they added to the football team is, is dramatic, you know, and, and the trickle down effect is big for special teams. I want to see, you know, there's speed and then there's functional football speed. I want to see if it translates to functional football speed. Can a guy go on a hundred thousand miles an hour stop? You know, a lot of, a lot of guys that are running at that kind of warp speed uh, can't stop and then change direction, get in and out of cut, sink their hips. These guys all uh, can't, I mean, that's, that's, a big reason they're they're drafting they're getting their opportunity I, you know i want to see it um and uh I, i'm sure all the coaches including darren simmons it'll trickle down to his special teams units wants to see it this football team by all measures got it got a ton faster and you can't coach speed and and when you're when you're deficient in a game matchup wise in the speed department you know it and you know it early on I'm intrigued by an undrafted wide receiver from Coastal Carolina, Javon Hiley, 66 catches for more than 1,100 yards last year, 17 yards a catch, had 17 touchdown catches over the last couple of years, didn't run a great 40. That's probably why he wasn't drafted. I guess he ran a 4-6-40, but 36-inch vertical leap, so he's got some explosiveness. Sometimes guys, for whatever reason, don't run a, a good 40 time and then turn out to be plenty fast enough. Uh, so. He's a guy that I'm interested in seeing. Maybe he uh, looks looks faster when he gets out in the field and starts practicing. Guys, this has been fun. Uh, the schedule used to just be like a news release that that came out and it was no big deal. Now it's a primetime show that attracts millions of people and a lot of listeners on podcasts. So I appreciate you guys sharing your thoughts on uh, the 2022 schedule now that it's out. And we can all look forward to uh, the season opener against the Steelers on Sunday, September 11th at Paul Brown Stadium. Appreciate it, Dan. The National Football League is definitely a 500-pound marketing gorilla. <laughs> Maybe 5,000 pounds. No doubt. No doubt. Based on winning percentages in 2021, the Bengals have the third toughest schedule in the NFL behind the Rams and Cardinals. And based on the projected win totals for the season in Vegas, the Bengals have the fourth toughest schedule. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.